Welcome to Dichotomy, a podcast made by two friends who were raised in the same hometown but went down different college paths, leading them to vastly different fields of experience. A show about life, the world we live in, and whatever is on our minds. My name is Michael, and I am in the STEM field. My name is Wyatt, and my knowledge is steeped in the arts and humanities. How do you explore a new space? So in today's episode, we are talking about exploring space, as in like architectural space is really how I've been like defining it in my mind instead of some very lengthy drawn out excursion. So we're not talking about outer space. Okay. Like if you go into a new building or say a park or something like that, Mm -hmm. how do you explore space? And this really comes up because um, watching people at work is very comical. So I work at a art museum on Mm -hmm. a university campus and Right now, our show, you walk in through the gallery doors and you're confronted with a title wall which has two or three paragraphs of information about the artist. And then you walk in and you see a whole bunch of very large tables with 10-inch high objects on all of them. And yesterday, two days ago, saw a man walk in, breeze right past the wall text, pick up a card that's an identification card for the objects on the table, look at it, but not, like, for maybe a second, put it back in, and then continue walking. So okay. it just made me think, like, how do different people explore space and, like, right. architectural space? Mm-hmm. I have to admit that when I first read your prompt for this, I, w- I was not sure if you meant, like, literal physical space or if you meant, like, I like you've opened a new area to explore in this idea or topic that you have. How do you go about that but and also ontology versus yeah actual also literal physical space as in the outer space was something that came to mind but okay exploring a physical space i guess it depends on i imagine a lot of that comes down to personally like you as a person like i know like for me personally i will explore the edges and then work my way towards the center gradually so (laughs) i'm just imagining you like Walking around the outside of a building, okay, not the not the outside perimeter. I mean, like, like if I go to like a grocery store or something. Like, like when I first, so I'm in, I'm living in a different area for the summer, place that I haven't gone before. So when I was scouting out like the different grocery stores and stuff that I hadn't been to before, I go around the outside all those aisles before I go down any of the center ones. So like, there's probably like deli on one side and freezer section right. on the other. Or something. But it's just like I I tend to try to think very systematically and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Or the other thing is that if I can see like there's a, a clear intended path you're supposed to follow like with your example i walk in and i see okay this is a thing explaining what this exhibit is i will probably go in then look at this exhibit and if i see that there's stuff to read i will go in and read those things and then see where this like the information it's giving me is intending quote unquote to lead Mm -hmm. me so you would actually you would pause and read obvious like introductory text yes yes and you would probably you would probably do that because you're a curious person, mm-hmm. but also perhaps because our generation, especially, we're looking for instructant instructions, instructions. Yes. guidance. Yeah, in definitely. If there is instructions or like some sort of guiding text, I will usually do my best to read it and then take it into account. And like sometimes, if it's like I don't really care, I'll just go do my own thing. But sometimes it's like okay, I, I'm curious to see how this was intended to like be experienced by someone who doesn't necessarily know, which is why they're giving us this information, is because they're trying to 
um, curate guide. Yeah, they're, curate. That's probably a good word. They're trying to <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Curator. They're trying to curate your experience, experience. with their information. It's the intended route kind of thing. I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. I definitely am curious about what that would be, which is why I go. I read mm-hmm. what is presented to me and take that into account. So I also wonder how often you actually realized architectural elements that are guiding your experience. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in architecture and have had many harebrained thoughts to quit my current path of wanting to become a curator and mm-hmm. go off to architecture school instead. Okay. Because when I first enter a space, a lot of the times, the first thing I do is like check out the architectural features. And there's a lot of like weird things I notice that lead me into a space and how they lead you into a space. And I'm honestly the worst person to like walk around a city or drive somewhere with because I just explore architectural features Mm -hmm. that define space. So like you have a little doorway that leads into a door that opens up again into a big space. Or at the museum I work at, you walk in from a 14-foot ceiling in through very large doors to a 17-foot tall ceilings. Mm -hmm. But then before you go into like our back gallery space, which is usually meant to be its own separate space, the ceiling dips back down to about 10 or 11 feet. And that's probably, I'm assuming, something most people don't pick up on. Right. But because me being so heightened by space, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh... There's something going on. Why is it like mm-hmm. this? You need and... to think about, like, what's the purpose behind mm-hmm. it? Everything has a purpose. Yeah, so, especially in architecture. Yeah. And so as soon as you said that as far as, like, the way things are built to sort of guide you, that reminded me of this concept from this book I really like. It's called The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. Wonderful book. Don Norman is most, most well known for the idea of Norman doors, which is doors where the handles are built in such a way that they are not in line with the way you're actually meant to interact with the door. So the idea the idea is that like ideally if you have a door that should be put that you need to push to open, you should put a bar on it that you push. It's the idea of a, a bar. Yes, exactly. It's the idea of affordances, which is just a design aspect a physical design aspect of set well not always physical, but a design aspect of this thing that is designed in such a way that the way it is meant to be interacted with is pretty much the only way you can interact with it mm-hmm. or the the functionality is inherent to the form so the idea is that if you have a door with a pull handle on it you can't it's much more it makes much more physical sense to grab the handle and then pull than it does to push and the same thing with a, like a horizontal bar grabbing onto it and trying to pull is kind of doesn't Awkward. really make sense so you just push into it that mm-hmm. makes sense so a norman door would be like a door with this this is not as realistic of an example but a, a horizontal bar that you pull or the case where it's like it's a door with a pull with like a grab handle on both sides but one of them's a push and one of them's a pull <sighs> sacramento so. cider house <laughs> yeah yeah so that that kind of when you said like the way that the space is designed in order to like influence how you move about the space or how you interact with the space that's kind of where my mind went there yeah which i mean i guess if that makes sense because psychology which is something yeah. you are very interested in mm-hmm. Another thing that I was kind of thinking of when you said exploring space is admittedly a bit more niche. I was thinking in terms of 
video games. So <laughs> you you show up to a dungeon and you don't know the layout, but you have you have you you have only what you have actually explored. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm also going to tie this back in to my STEM background. So in computer science, there's the this idea of trees and graphs. Uh, how do I want to do this? I'm thinking about how much I need to actually explain versus. Oh, wow, this is almost like our first podcast. How much you need to understand, huh? It's amazing how this how this kind of ties together. Well, I like understanding things. Right. So. so all you need to think, you only need to think of it as a tree or a graph consists of nodes and paths, I guess we can call it. So a connection between two nodes is a path. And I mean, the distinction between a tree and a graph is kind of arbitrary for the sake of this discussion. But there's two commonly basic well-known search algorithms, which is breadth-first search and depth-first search. Breadth-first is you explore, so you start, let's say for the tree, you have like the idea of depth in a tree. You start at the top and then you work your way mm-hmm. down. So breadth-first is you start at the top, you go one layer down on either direction, it doesn't matter, and then you back out and you go and then you back out, and then you go until you get everything on the first level. Okay. Versus depth, you just go straight you go, down. You go straight down until you can't go any further. Then you back up until you have a, another way to go down, and you keep doing that. Wow. It's so. like working on a skill tree in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> so when I do, when I explore areas in video games, I tend to go depth first that's my general idea i say okay this this room has three different ways i can go i'm gonna go down one and explore down that direction as far as i can before coming back and part of that is convenience because backtracking back up to the the center room every time just Mm -hmm. is a little bit more extra work but also i try i'm very much like i need to explore every inch of this area and to me that is an easier way to make sure that i don't miss anything and also, I feel like it's easy, like going back to the actual physical space of I explore the perimeters first. I feel like going down one path as far as I can tends to more often give me the path through the perimeter than going through the middle. And then suddenly I have every different direction I could go that's new rather than I only have this many options to go that are new. So I guess part of like how I explore space in that regard is I try to do it in such a way that I'm limiting the amount of options that I could possibly take whereas if i start if i go straight to the middle everywhere around me is new whereas if i go down one path it's like okay everything behind me to a certain part is known everything in this single direction is unknown now so i only have two options that's part of how i think of how i explore space so that's very much in a way you're uh filling in blanks in a map or you're creating a map yes and it's systematic and Mm -hmm. exploration based yes because I would say, for myself, I am very objective-based, which makes sense with my near obsession with storytelling and narrative. Right. So, in a video game, it's very much, I'm horrible about open-world exploring. <laughs> the worst. Right. You got me Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for my graduation gift. Mm-hmm. Which is a free-world, right. large, right. explore, do side quests. Or Breath of the Wild. Yeah. That sort of thing. Well, I didn't think about doing the side quests in Xenoblade until I was like 45 hours in. <laughs> I had just been collecting side quests and never did it do dawn on me that like, oh, I should probably go do these. And right, then eventually right. I got to a boss that was like too high leveled for me to beat. And then I went and did side quests for the next 15 hours. <laughs> okay. So for me, video game wise, at least, it's very objective based or even Breath of the Wild 
when I got to the point where I beat the game and then it was like, well, I don't want to start over, so I'm going to just try to 100% the game, I would just look up where shrines were mm-hmm. instead of exploring the world trying to fight a shrine. It's right. like, give me a map. Yeah. Um, and I guess, just for a quick clarification, as far as like, oh, like fully open world goes, I'm not as big into, I need to explore every single bit mm-hmm. of the world. I think of it more as like, that like specific exploration, I think of more as like a dungeon crawl kind of thing, where yeah. it's like my space is generally fairly limited. Something like Enter the Gungeon. Right. Which right. I don't know why that's the indie game that came to mind. <laughs> Diablo, uh, Torchlight. A- a- anyone who's played a video game will have that kind of yeah. thing in mind. But um. But and I wonder I- if even like in real life, if that's a certain thing that you and I do. So when I lived in Italy for those whole walking four months. Wow, mm-hmm. what a long time to live in a place. <laughs> when I had to go to the grocery store, it was like, okay, I need like a microwavable soup and yogurt for breakfast. Right. I literally found those and left. Because <laughs> that's all I needed. Yeah. And I was content. And I my Italian is worse than my... Far, far, far worse than like any other language I have. Mm-hmm. So... I'm kind of objective-based in that sense, too. Like, it depends, like, on whether or not my my objective is explore this whole area or just find what I need and get Mm -hmm. out. Like, at first when I got here, when I was exploring all the the stores and trying to find out just what they had, my objective was scour everything, look for these... Like, I'd want to know where these few things are, but just in general, get an idea for what is here. So then it was go scour through everything. But now that I know where things are, it was... It's go in, get these things, and get out. The problem I have as far as exploring space, although I think of this, this is more specifically in terms of like driving around, I get very good at knowing how to get to this certain place from another place. A lot of it is like in terms of from, I guess, my hub for this, like I, the place where I'm living now would be the place I'm staying. I know how to get to many places relative to here. But if you ask me to fill in any of what's in between that or how to get from one of these other spaces to another space, I could not do that. And that was a big problem for me when I was getting around in the place where I go to school. So like knowing where certain things are in that town, I know how to get here and I know how to get here but I do not know how to get from said place to the other place. And I've gotten better at that as I've just moved around in the place more, but it's the kind of thing where I realize like when I'm driving, if I'm somewhere new, so from location A, I know how to get to location B, and I know how to get to location C from location A. But if I'm at B, I don't know how to get to C. So what I would do is I would go from B to A and then A to C, even though there might be a much quicker route from Mm -hmm. B to C. And I don't do that as much now because the advent of Google Maps Except it's quite easy, except for when work. it doesn't work. But when yeah. it doesn't work, I have I I was still just going from B to A. So, yeah. so I always say that I have a locative memory, locative as in location, mm-hmm. because I do. I guess the opposite of you is I'm the worst at like remembering the same exact route mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Because instead, I just build a map, and that probably has something to do with the fact that I have an excellent internal compass. I always know where north, south, east, west are. Mm-hmm. So I'll tend to drive around a lot and I'll be like, oh, I'm on 1st Street and I know the place where I'm going is on 4th Street. So it doesn't matter if I take A, B, C, or D because I am aware that all of those eventually lead to 4th Street. Right. And it's a very, I guess, how you would explore a video game Mm -hmm. for how my memory works is just there's a map and I need to fill in the map. And if I don't, then there's a little blank spot. And it's very confusing. Right. And I love American cities because they tend to be built on a... Grid. Uh, yeah. Or they're called orthogonal plans. Mm-hmm. Ortho meaning straight. 
So it's just that beautiful grid pattern. But the place where Katie lives in Davis is the worst. <laughs> it's so all the roads in Davis are beautifully orthogonal, except for occasionally there will be like a curvy road, but it's fine because it's still it's just like a curve on the orthogonal plane. Right. So it's still functionally straight. Yeah. Where like there's this little tiny hub that's all cul-de-sacs, but they curve, and then like every other road is a through road, but it curves in the opposite direction. Right. And it's just like, I don't know what's going on, and two of them are one-way roads. Mm-hmm. Just like, why? why yeah. Is it like this? Yeah. So I guess in the grid sense, in my mind, I have a few lines painted in very well on that grid but as far as any of the spaces between it it's all completely blank for me mm-hmm. i know how to get to certain places from certain other places but as far as the area itself goes i don't have as good of a grasp of that or i don't care as much about remembering that mm-hmm. so and i i guess off topic but on the topic of space i think you'll find this really don't know why but i think you'll find it comical okay so i got bored at work the other day okay back in do. the museum yep. yeah Not you my job but... no, my job is to talk to people and no one talks to us and it's like what the heck um <laughs> so i decided to memorize the name of every single piece in one of the two exhibitions we have okay there's 72 pieces and oh okay yeah i know all of them it took me about 15 minutes Um, because I remembered where it was. So if you were to show me a photograph of the piece, I could probably tell you, like, oh, yeah, that's why not not. And it's also on the table in Gallery 1A next to Overboard Mez Merchandise across, like, the table is across from, Mm -hmm. um, what is that? Weight of Color, Jelly Maker. But I know this because of space. You have have an associative memory, so you remember the title and the space helps you make that connection. Yeah, so I I keep saying I have a locative memory because I remember directly because of the space, but Mm -hmm. I guess it is associating the object to the space. Mm -hmm. I kind of have that in certain regards. I don't have like a good concrete example like you, but I definitely have that. I am able to remember certain things because of other things that I have a better memory of, which is a very helpfully foggy example, (laughs) but hopefully that makes sense. So I guess bringing back to my other, to like the very beginning topic that we were at, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that fascinated me the most about watching that man explore the space was that he, you you turn around the title wall and there's a brochure holder on the wall with identification cards. He didn't even look at the card holder and he just picked it up, like barely glanced at it and set it back down. Like he was just picking it up for the act of picking it up. Mm-hmm. Which makes no sense to me because knowing me, I would turn face the wall for one, <laughs> like read the card, then pick it up and like do a more in depth analysis mm-hmm. and realize, oh, there's a back. And I'm wondering if it's a generational thing because this man was probably in his 40s or 50s. And I mean, I'm 22, I'm young. Right. Borderline Gen Z, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be just like part of your i need to read this before picking it up is just respect for your environment <laughs> whereas this person just goes in walks in and just grabs the thing without thinking about what it, its purpose is yeah. part of it could also be that i mean you don't necessarily know how interested this person was in oh he was the not. experience okay his well, wife very see him, well, there, not at all well that might that could be a good mm-hmm. um indicator of why that is because if you go into this if you go into this space and you're actually interested in experiencing the art then you would go in and read the mm-hmm. thing and then do that sort of thing. Whereas if you're just here, if you just got dragged along by the person who's actually interested, 
then you wouldn't have necessarily as much reason to try to get the intended yeah. experience. So and I guess probably part of that comes from the fact that I'm just utterly obsessed about being curious about right. everything. Right. I love ads on TV and like radio and stuff. As long as they don't repeat, mm-hmm. I will sit there and watch a full ad on YouTube, even though I can skip it just because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. So I guess that just makes me curious for exploration in general. Right. Do you find that you are more cautious when exploring or um I guess it, that's it. or do you think it depends? Yeah, I mean it certainly I mean if I'm taking what you mean very literally, it depends on how dangerous I think my <laughs> environment is. But um uh, I mean I'm definitely definitely curious, I would say. It it depends. It's the kind of thing where it's like if I think it's something that might be interesting, I am very highly curious, but I'm also very quick to dismiss things as I don't actually care what's over here. It also just depends on, because sometimes it's like, okay, I don't necessarily know if anything in here is going to be interesting. I have no reason to assume that if I go down here, I will be fulfilled, but I just feel like exploring this place. I feel like knowing what's here. And some of it is, I have nothing better to do, so might as well. Okay, so Um, shared experience. We just went to a restaurant. Yes. When you walked into that restaurant, did you look around? This is actually a very good example of the dichotomy between us. When I walked in, I went, where's the the register? Where's the person I need to talk to to get this, the transaction yeah. the thing started so I know how to do this? So I walked in and I turned and I immediately saw cash register and woman who said, hi, are just two of you? I'm like, yeah. Then she directed us to where we go make our mm-hmm. food. And I went, okay, cool. I'm going to go there. First, I walked in, counted how many people were in the room, saw that there were both tables and booths, saw mm-hmm. the beer hanging on the walls, saw the sign that said garlic powder, which I'm still <laughs> confused about. There right. was garlic powder, but why did they need a street sign? That seems like a very oddly specific thing for them to offer us. Yeah. But, but so for me, it was first, first the environment and then the transaction could happen whenever because I needed to identify the environment. And also I was curious because we keep comparing it to the restaurant back home. Right. So like, how did it compare? Is right. it similar? That's I'm very much into that sort of comparison thing. But I guess for me, I, I was more concerned in the functionality and mm-hmm. in the whole, we came here to the eat f- objective. Yes, exactly. Which is so not dichotomous, but in this case, contradictory, where right. I, earlier I was saying in video games, I am. Right objective based and apparently mm-hmm. more and more so it's seeming that real life is the I opposite exploration based right which for you maybe perhaps that's the opposite mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. i guess it is a little bit different in video games because in video games i do tend to wander around a little bit more just for things that seemingly have no purpose although i feel like that's something that's developed more recently than when i was much younger i mean when you're younger you just want that satisfaction yeah i mean still there are a lot of things where it's like it's like let's say in mmos you get the quest and it's and it says like oh you can read all the things that the npc is telling you about or you can just click through all the dialogue and then it says go collect 10 frogs and then you go and collect 10 frogs and you don't know why you're doing it but you just know that that's the thing to do drunk rachel playing pokemon (laughs) yep yep no reading was done luckily i remembered enough of the beginning of the game to tell her where to go Mm -hmm. oh man that was a good call of you turning it to video games because it's simulated space Mm mm-hmm you know, actually, that just reminded me, that just made me think of a really interesting thing, is the the difference between someone exploring the space for a first t- the first time and someone exploring the space who has been there 
a thousand times. When we were playing through Pokemon, you and I both immediately knew, okay, you need to go to this area to progress the story. Whereas Rachel was just wandering all over the place in places that we know has no purpose. And it kills us a little bit. Right, but there's mm. that's the that's the exploration aspect is like you don't know. Like why should she assume that there's nothing to be done in these areas? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you kind of once you've done it a certain number of times, you kind of get tunnel vision into this is where all the things are. You don't notice some of the other things. Like I'm like Rachel talked to some NPCs that I had never even paid attention to before. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw things that I had never I had never seen before in this game that I've I played for the first time uh, fifteen years ago. <laughs> Whenever it first came out. No. Two thousand four. Okay, not that long ago. Two thousand two? It came out I think it came out in two thousand because Diamond came out in two thousand six. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. So 15 years ago is okay. accurate. I'm, I think I played it for the first time when I was like 7 or 8, but it came out before that. Anyway. I remember Fire Red, not Fire Red, Red and Blue are older than us. 1997. 96. 96? I think it's 97. Card Game was 95. Games were released in Japan in 96, released in North America in 97. Okay. Okay. So, and I was born in 97, so I am as old as Red and Blue. Old as Pokemon. Nice. Anyway, yeah. so. Comfort. Yes. yes. Wow. That, this is also a reoccurring theme mm-hmm. for our conversations. And the other thing is, when you already know the space, you know. I guess that's also objective based because, because there are certainly sometimes where I start up a new game for the first time, and, or I start up a game that I've already played before, and I go, I wonder what was over in this place that I never paid any attention to my first couple times through. And then other times, I just think, I know this is the place to go, so I'm just going to go through here, and I'm going to ignore the other stuff that I explored around the first time before I knew anything. Yeah. So. so shifting video games back to real life, back to the museum, mm-hmm. you've been in the museum I've before. I've been in once. there uh, once or twice, I think. It was yeah. when you were doing the, the record exhibit. Oh man, that was my first show. That was a while ago. Oh yeah. yeah, that was almost two years ago. Um, Two years ago comes September. But our lobby, we don't... Oh, back when you were there, we had a desk. We don't have a desk. Okay. You walk in and it's just a big empty space with... You walk in through a set of double doors. There's a set of double doors off to you, your right set of double doors straight ahead of you a courtyard a hallway and then like a big open lobby space that leads to a different classroom so you don't know where to go Mm -hmm. and the job of the employee who's in the lobby is to welcome you in and then orient you into where you're going Mm -hmm. so a lot of us will you'll open the door and it'll be like welcome hello how are you and most people will walk up to us and then too many of us probably say is this your first time at the museum or have you visited before right and most of the time, it's a new person. Mm-hmm. But I can always ID the people who have been here before because they just walk straight for the galleries or yeah. they head straight to the bathroom. Yep. And trying to find the bathroom in our museum is like, you got to spend some time looking. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they know exactly where the bathroom is yep. means that they've been there before and they don't need to explore or experience the space because they've already done it before. There's a building on campus that is notoriously very hard to find your way around if you've never been in there before. So you can always tell like the, the first couple of days of the semester, people who are new that are just like walking around looking like they're lost versus the people who like walk in and just go straight to the room they're meant to be in. Do you guys have a nickname for that building? Uh, no. We just talk about how much it sucks. Because we have the Death, the Death Star. Star. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that lovely building. Mm-hmm. I will miss it. <laughs> but I do look forward to exploring a bunch of new spaces mm-hmm. when I move across the country. Yes, that'll be quite fun. <laughs> and I look forward to exploring possibly physical and probably very many figurative spaces <laughs> once I graduate. So <laughs> yeah, that'll be next yeah. big thing. So thank you for this conversation, and thank you, listener, for listening to us ramble. 
Yep. I am Michael. I am the STEM portion of this podcast. Uh, and I'm Wyatt, and I like art. <laughs> and we'll we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Dichotomy. Our logo is made by Amber Utterback underscore art on Instagram, and the music is Antidepressor by Friendzoned, used with a Creative Commons license. Please like and subscribe our podcast, and feel free to leave a comment about anything you're thinking about. We're talking about lots of heavy topics and would love to expand our conversation. Thank you. Hello, dutiful listener. Thank you for making it to the footnote. Once again, we find ourselves being corrected by a quick Google search, as we got some of the Pokemon release dates wrong. We were correct about the release dates for Emerald in 2004, Diamond and Pearl in 2006, and the Japanese release of Red and Blue in 1996, but we were incorrect about the card game in 1996, and the North American release of Red and Blue in 1998. Also, for those of you who remember episode 1, we forgot that we already discussed the topic of the duck versus the decorated shed, and ended up talking about it again in this episode. I cut that bit out and have included it after this footnote in its raw, unedited form. So if you really want to listen to us ramble about a topic you may have already heard us ramble about, stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. Um, Side tangent, random tangent that perhaps we'll get back on track. Have you ever heard of the decorated shed versus the duck? I think we have had this. Okay, I, I think don't you did tell think me about we this. did this in podcasts. No, so you definitely told me about this at one point. So, um, modern architecture... We love it. We hate it. Mostly hate it. Um, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Le, Cor- Le Corbusier, one of the most famous French architects, had this whole thing that form has to equal function. Mm-hmm. So when you build a house, it has to like look exactly how it functions, which I guess makes sense, right? A pull bar has to pull. Pull right. and a push bar has to push. Right. Like that has to make sense and equal. So like a living space has to be livable and right like there are core features that have to be designed into it for Mm -hmm. it to be a living space um so in essence that would be the duck Mm -hmm. it looks like a duck it functions like a duck it is a duck right um which honestly for us if we were to think of like a duck as a like your water house right is a duck in a weird way and it's like uh, what this is kind of awkward (laughs) and then um Venturi and Scott Brown, uh, very famous architects, in their book, Learning from Las Vegas, talk about the decorated shed, where if you're going to build a house, you should build, like, a building with four rooms or five rooms or something, and then, after you build a good building, you can go in and say, this is the living space, here's your bedroom, here's your bathroom. Mm -hmm. So... Form does not necessarily equal function. So you you just you build the space and then you you assign the 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 function afterwards as opposed to going into it with okay this room is going to be the kitchen this room is going to be the bedroom this room is going to be the bathroom. Well, I guess I guess it is more the opposite, right? You have the function like oh this the function is the first intent. Okay, and then you can make the form afterwards. So it's like you go to build a kitchen and you. Mm -hmm. Are like okay. It has a sink. It has a stove. It has a refrigerator. It has a kitchen island. Right. And you build that. Mm-hmm. Then you decorate it. Okay. Then you decide. Oh, I am having marble countertops. Or, okay. 
So yeah, so for so you design the form first before you think of the aesthetic of this is a kitchen. What do I want it to look like? You think this is a kitchen. What do I want it to do? What yeah. what is what are the necessities of a usable kitchen? Yeah. Versus, I guess, like in the duck, you would be like, oh, this is a kitchen, and that dictates that a kitchen looks like right. This. The kitchen has like has this mm-hmm. certain aesthetic to it. Or like say modern suburbia house, you build. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of rooms and then how do you make it look on the outside right you put like the triangle pendentive or you have a little archway doorway entry which is not at all required for the functionality of the house right but it's That's just the form it's just people associate that look yeah. with sub- yeah. suburban middle class house which is kind of in a way what you were talking about with the norman doors is that's <laughs> that's like some weird in between almost of like mm-hmm Form, form is based purely off the functionality rather than an equality between form and functionality mm-hmm. or a, like pure des- difference between the two. Dichotomy. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is also dichotomous. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. 